Uh, we're going to continue our series called By the Way, and I Pastor Travers preached really great sermons on the, um, the first and second chapter of 2 Timothy. And uh, th- this series is actually called By the Way uh, because it's actually written uh, from the Apostle Paul in a Roman prison. Uh, he was in his older age, and you know it was, it was the time before he was actually going to die. He didn't know that, but at the end of the day, this was kind of one of the last letters that he got to write. And, uh, and we see in this story is that it's called by the way because t- Paul really writes out, you know, the things that really matter most. And as he's writing this letter, he's saying, you know, by the way, this, this is what's most important. Think of these things. You know, don't act like this, but act like this, Timothy. This is, this is what he's saying uh, to Timothy. And, and, and for, for Paul, Paul is a spiritual father speaking to a spiritual son. And uh, there is a beautiful picture here of what God is doing. And you see Timothy. Timothy's a young pastor. He's leading a church in Ephesus. In a, in a, uh, it's really a growing, affluent uh, uh, city in Greece, uh, in Asia Minor. And we see that this city is so strong. But he, here we have this fledgling move of God that's taking place. And Timothy's trying to lead it. And so you see this letter is, is so important. It's so important into the life of Timothy. Now, one part... Paul is trying to say, please come and visit me. I mean, no, if you're in prison, you get a bit lonely, all right? And he's like, can you come and visit me? You know, can you bring my coat with you as well and my letters and all this other stuff? But then he gets into the real meat of what this is all about and the things that matter. If Paul's not around anymore, hey, Timothy, this is what matters. Stick to these things. And so, you know, I love the Word of God. And this series has been about, really, over both our locations, we're all reading 2 Timothy right now. All of us. Can you imagine that? You know, every one of us are diving into the same book of the Bible. Now, that doesn't mean you can't read what you were reading. You know, read the things you want to read. That's great. But how powerful is unity? How powerful is it when we're getting in together and reading the same chapter each week and pulling God's truth out of it? You know, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is the lamp that guides my feet, and and it is a light unto my path. And that is the power of the Word of God. It's transformative. It changes us. And as a, as, a, as a Christian today, man, you can't really move forward without the Word of God being in the center of your life. We really need it. And I want to encourage us today. Maybe the Word of God has been a little dry in your life. Hey, why not take this time to allow it to become fresh again for you? Maybe you're a new Christian and the Word of God is a new thing to your life. Hey, get around others in the life of the church. You know, start to learn and grow, but let the Word of God become a part of your journey. So let's dive into it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. So good. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and grateful and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that would make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Man, that's a pretty full-on set of verses, isn't it? He's really getting down to the meat of the whole thing. 
And, um, but my first key today, church, is this, is that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Who believes that today? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Uh, my boys, I've got, I got three kids. At, um, I got my youngest is my daughter. But I've got two boys, and uh, they enrolled to join the school basketball team this year. And, uh, and, and, you know, it wasn't just because I love basketball and I love the NBA. Uh, I had no influence whatsoever on that. No, I had a lot of influence anyway. But, it, uh, you know, they, they actually love the game. And, uh, and, and so we wanted to get them into sport. We, you know, tried football, soccer, all these things. But basketball seems to have stuck. And, uh, and so for them, they get to go to their games. Uh, but the thing is, because of COVID, um, you know, me as a dad, I want to go to the game as well. All right, and go and support them and cheer on the sideline, be that parent. Yep, you know, that's really loud and, you know, uh, so into the game. But, you know, what we had to do is we all had to, parents had to go on a roster system and we only have to get to go every five weeks or so and you have to score, all right? And, uh, and so, so I'm like, yep, I'm in, I'm in, let me in, you know. Uh, my, Kate snuck in one time, she wasn't allowed to, but she got to get in. And uh, I think she snuck in behind someone and, and got to be a part of it, and the first part of it, which is cool. Uh, but every time I get to go, which is actually tomorrow, I get to go to the game at four, four o'clock in the afternoon. And, uh, and the beauty of it is, is when I walk in, uh, you know, they're always like, hey, you, you can't be in here. You're not allowed in here. So like, no, 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 I'm scoring. I'm scoring this game. I get to be in here. It's like, oh, okay, Mr. Bartolo. You are allowed in. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, man, this is crazy, this stuff. You know, and, uh, but, you know, I get to be in there. And, and I got to tell you, I don't just score. I mean, I'm like, I got, I got five weeks of built up father cheering that I got to get out. All right. And, uh, and, you know, you can hear me from the sideline. And I'm scoring and I'm, into, I'm unbiased. I make sure I put their points up right for the other team, you know. And, uh, and, but I'm like, I'm, I'm coaching from the sideline and the coach is looking at me. He comes to our church. He's like, okay, just settle down, just score, you know. And, uh, but I'm involved, all right. I want to be involved. I want to be there and be a part of it. And, um, but the thing is, is that I could just be there and just score. I could just go in and just score. And I find it's like this sometimes even with Christians, is that we could be in the world and we can just do our thing, hey. We can just do our thing. We can just, well, I'm okay. My life with God is all right. I'm going to heaven. You know, it's all good. It's all good. And we can kind of disengage and just do what we're supposed to do. All right, but I want to encourage us today is Paul, even though he's writing this list of a whole bunch of stuff, it's almost like, man, he's writing this over 2,000 years ago, but it's kind of like taking a leaf out of now, like 2020. I mean, we see all this stuff happen. Why is that? Because that's the brokenness of sin, isn't it? Sin does that. Sin always separates what God brings together. And you can see all this breakdown of relationships, you know, people caught up with money and lustful pleasures and all these things. That's what sin does. That's why Jesus came and died at the cross, rose from the dead, so He could redeem us from this life. That's why He did all that He has done. But we see Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, you are caught up in a world of this stuff going on all around you. And you could disengage from them. But I want to encourage you, you're in this world, but you don't have to be of it to be able to reach it. 
We don't have to be of the world and like the world to be able to reach the world. Let me take this a little further. Paul writes his other letter to the Philippians. It says this in Philippians 1.27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Everyone say citizens of heaven. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. We are citizens of heaven in the world around us that needs Jesus. How many know Australia needs Jesus more than ever? How many know Innisfail and our region around us needs Jesus more than ever? These things are going on around us all the time as Paul has listed it just shows how much more our world needs Jesus. And we are citizens of heaven. I want to encourage you. You know, I've, I've flown overseas a bunch of times. And, and, you know, I've gone to the U.S. a few times. And when I go there, and I pray that we're going to be able to get back there again. That'll be great. Uh, but when I go, you know, even though I'm, I'm entering that nation, I'm entering it as a citizen of Australia. When I go into that nation, I obey the rules and try and drive on the right side of the road instead of the left as much as possible. You know, there's been some moments I've been reminded, oh, that's the wrong side of the road. Let's go back. You know, and uh, yeah, just get reminded that I'm not in Australia right now. And uh, yeah, but, but I'm, a, I'm a citizen of Australia, even though I'm there in that moment. Okay. And I know that even in that position, it doesn't lose where I come from and, and what I represent. All right. I want to let you know this as well. Even above that, we are citizens of heaven before we're citizens of Australia, aren't we? We're citizens of heaven, all right? And, uh, and, and being a citizen of heaven, we are representatives of our King. We're ambassadors for God. This is what we're called to do. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, as a citizen of heaven, you're here to bring the good news to the world around you. This is what we're here to do. See, the good news is something that we all need. So if we say that we're in the world and we're not of it, we are in the world. Yes, we are, but not of it. But we're here to reach the world. Why? Because of our love for it. Our love for the world. See, sometimes you can look at what Paul was saying and be like, man, I don't want any part of that stuff that's just been listed off there. I kind of like, oh man, it's a bit messy. I don't know if I want to be around it, you know, as a Christian. But see, being in the world but not of it is not about isolating yourself back from it. It's about knowing where you come from. It's about knowing who you are, and it's about knowing whose you are. Whose you are. See, that's different to who you are. Because whose you are says, I'm a representative of where I come from, of who I'm connected to. And my Savior, He lives within me. I have something to offer. I have value to bring. I have, I have kingdom principles inside of me. I have something to bring. And I want to encourage you, whenever you go to your workplace, you are a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador in that workplace. Maybe you work in the hospital. Maybe you're on a work site. Maybe you're on a farm somewhere. Maybe, maybe you're a builder or, 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 or maybe you work at Coles. I don't know. But wherever you work or whatever business you run, I want to tell you, you're there as an ambassador for Christ. And so maybe it's with the other employees around you. Or maybe you're the boss, but it's there. You're being an influence to the people that work for you. And so we, we as citizens of heaven, 
we could pull back and disengage. No, we want to engage in the world around us and say we are different people because we're here to make a difference. We're here to show, hey, there is a better way to live. We don't want to just have to live for money. I mean, what a sad life. It's all just about money. All right? God created us for more than that. I just want to tell you, He really did. There's so much more to the riches of heaven than just being caught up with just that. As long as I get that and get enough of it. Now, we all need it. How many know we do? We need finance. We need money to flow in our lives. And God wants to bless us. But He doesn't, as much as we need money, God just doesn't want money to have us. You get that? He wants our heart to be captured with who He is. Now, see, being a, a citizen of heaven and engaged in a society around us that needs Jesus, it's about saying, God, I want to position myself in the best place that I can to be passionate for the things of God. I want to be passionate for you. I want to make sure that my life is exactly where you need it to be. See, it's very hard to be passionate for the things of God if everything about what we do for God is coming out of a duty or religiosity rather than just a devotion and a passion and a relationship with our God. How many know that, that this whole deal is a relationship with God? I am accepted because of what Jesus has done for me, and therefore I do. What religion does is religion is, I will do all these things, and therefore, God, you have to accept me. That's the difference between religion and relationship. Relationship is like, I can't earn my salvation. That's because, it's, it's the merits of what Christ has done. And I will, when I know that I'm in that position of grace and I've already been accepted, not out of my perfection, but because I'm available and I said yes to you, that's what accepts our lives. And therefore, I do. Therefore, I will serve. Therefore, I will give financially. Therefore, I will do those things. It's not out of religion, but it's out of relationship, isn't it? See, nothing truly lasts the way it should when it's done out of duty. When it's done out of devotion and relationship with God, oh man, that's when there's a passion, isn't there? That's when there's a desire to keep doing what God has called us to do, to say, God, I want to be an ambassador for you. Do you want to be ambassadors today? Wherever you are, whatever you, God has got you doing, whoever you live beside, we're all ambassadors for Jesus. Whether that's in a small way or in a large way, we want to know that every single day. And when we look at it from that perspective, it changes the way we do life. It changes the way we speak to our neighbors. It changes the way we go to work every day. It does something different in our lives. How are we doing today? We good? The second part of this is that we're equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17 says, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom. You've received salvation that comes from trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us, and when we, when we, are, um, uh, when we are wrong, and teaches us to do the right thing. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. How many know equipping, if you're a student and there's a teacher and that teacher is trying to equip the student, how many know it's very hard to teach if that student doesn't want to learn? 
If that student doesn't want to learn, is disengaged in the whole process, very hard to be a teacher to a student. And it's the same with God. How many know that God's equipping for us is a partnership with God? We've got to be partnered with Him. It's not all, oh, well, God, you do it, and I'll just go with it. No, no, it's about the things that God's called us to do. God's called us to position our heart and our life in and to add into our lives and to be doing in our lives so that God can do the things that only He can do. And we need to position our lives. This is a partnership. And this is what Paul is trying to say to Timothy. He's saying, hey, position yourself, Timothy. Position yourself well to allow God to equip you for every good work. Now, this is why prayer is so important in our lives as Christians. This is why fellowship and what we are doing right now is so important in our lives. Because how many know that it's not just me on my own with God, but it's us and God together. Amen. God does things individually and He does things in community as well. And so we want to know that fellowship is so important in our lives. And the, the, the part that we're trying to dive into over this month is that the Word of God is important in our lives as well. See, what, what Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, hey, all Scripture is inspired by God. So no matter who penned it throughout all those generations, it's God's inspiration by the Spirit of God to pen down the words that He wants to use in our lives and guide us. How many know you can get to know the nature of God through the Word of God? And sometimes it's, it's, it's not easy in life. Sometimes it's not easy because the Word of God can, can get pushed to the side real quick, can't it? I mean, we, every now and again, we've got to get our Bible off. We've got to dust it off, <laughs> blow all the cobwebs off it and open it up. Maybe we need to open it up on our app, on our phone or something like that. But I want to say this, is that the Bible is the only book in history where the author lives inside of you. It's the only book in history that's living and powerful. And it is something to add to our lives every day. You know, I talk to people sometimes and they, they, they say to me, oh, I just need a prophetic word. I just need a word from God. I just need God to speak to my life. And sometimes we do. That's the truth. Sometimes we need a word that's directional to us. But you can't get that every day. But I want to tell you, you can get a word from God every single day when you just open up your word. And you open up the Scriptures. And you allow the Word of God to speak into your life. See, I feel that there's people here today, you need a word from God. You need God to speak into your family situation right now. You need God to speak into your work situation right now. Maybe finances are a bit tight right now. You need God in that situation of your life. And I want to encourage you today, hey, don't be afraid. Don't let a problem cause you to pull back from God. Let a problem cause you to draw near to God. Let it cause you to draw near to Him, to His heart. Allow God. This is, you know, it's moments that if you have struggle in your life, that's when you've got to draw closer. You know, the Bible says in, in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and He will what? He'll draw near to you. And see, drawing near to God, being equipped for every good work, is not just, oh God, will you do it and let me know when you've done it. No, no, it's God, what do you need me to do? What's your will right now? What can I do today that's going to make a difference in my life? What can I do today that's going to impact that situation I've been praying for? What can I do today to set myself up so that, God, I can be where you need me to be? I can allow your Word of God to be ministering into my life. And, God, I can be set up today as an ambassador for you. 
I can allow you to move through my, through my life in an incredible way. See, sometimes we can look at problems. Sometimes we can look at issues that go on with family and situations in life. We think, oh man, this is a big one. This is huge. I mean, I don't know how this is going to change. I don't know how this is going to shift. Do you know what? When God sees every day that we are faithful, every day that we're coming in prayer, every day that we're allowing the Word of God to speak into our lives, every, you know, on Sunday, we're here in church. We're inviting others. We're, we're, we're doing all we can. We're in life group during the week. We're, we're a part of what God is doing. We're serving where we can. Uh, we're being there that ambassador at our workplace, in our home, with our family. I want to tell you today, regardless of the problem, God's grace can pour out on that spirit. You know, I felt a month ago over our churches, I really feel there's an outpouring of God's grace. A flood of His grace is beginning to flow over our church. I just feel it so strongly. I was actually out running one day. I like to run and get out and do stuff. And as I was running, the Spirit of God spoke to me very clearly. He said, Poor, I'm pouring out my grace. 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 He just kept saying it to me. I'm like, God, what does that mean? What does that mean? He said, just trust me. I'm pouring out my grace. And when God's saying He's pouring out His grace, what we need to do as the people of God is make sure we are positioned in His will. We're positioned exactly where He needs us to be. And what is God saying to your life? What's He saying to me? What's He saying to us as His people? How can we position ourselves where God needs, to, needs our lives to be? Because grace is poured out out of humility and obedience to God. That's where grace comes from. When we are humble and we humble ourselves before God, God says, I will pour out my grace on the humble. I resist the proud, but I release grace on humility. So when we humbly come before God and say, God, here's the big one. What are the things that I need to shift in my heart? What are the things that I need to change in my thinking? What are the things that I need to change in the things that I'm doing? What is that, Lord? I'm going to tell you, when we, when we come to God and we pray prayers like that, oh, that we're positioned for humility right then and there. That's where God's like, oh man, I'm attracted to that. I'm drawn to that heart. And this is why David was a man after God's own heart. Because whenever he made a mistake, he always humbly came back and said, God, I repent and I'm going to get my life back with you. I'm going to do what I need to do. That's why God rejected Saul, because Saul justified his actions where David, he accepted his actions. And he said, I will change. I'm going to shift from this moment. They were the defining things between the two kings. Humility. It releases God's grace. And I don't know about you, but I need more of God's grace. I think our churches need more of God's grace. Your life, your family, your marriage, your workplace, your business that you run, it needs more of God's grace. And grace is the empowering of God and we all need it in our lives. So if we're going to be in position for the equipping of God, I want to encourage us today, how do we get set up in the way we need to for God's grace to flow?